Welcome back to the Pre-Construction Podcast. It's Monday, July 27th, and as always, we are here discussing the importance of pre-construction and estimating within commercial construction. Today's guest is Andy Marr, a healthcare estimator turned project manager currently with DPR in Dallas, Texas. On the podcast, Andy discusses how he was on track to start the FBI internship program before pivoting to a construction management degree in BYU. While studying, Andy did six years working in the field as a labourer and carpenter and how that prepared him for a role as an estimator, project engineer and now project manager. Another topic was in 2016, Andy was given a huge compliment by Jacobson when he was chosen to start the self-performing division. And he discusses everything from the challenges and the lessons learned from that. But one of the main reasons I wanted Andy on was to discuss his transition into the healthcare industry. And this is a real good insight into anybody thinking about getting into healthcare or in in healthcare right now. As always, before we speak with Andy, let's hear from two of our main sponsors. First up is Stuart Carroll, the president of Beck Technology, and that is followed by the team over at Advancing Pre-Construction, which of course is the largest pre-construction and estimating conference in the US. That has taken place in Vegas in the first week in November. Hey everyone, I'm Stuart Carroll. I'm the president at Beck Technology. We are based in Dallas, Texas, and we are a pre-construction software company. We were founded in 1996, and we've really been focused on the world of pre-construction. We believe that pre-construction is where the biggest decisions that impact the outcome of a project occur. And we believe that through the use of technology, we can enable our users to make better, more informed pre-construction decisions, the net result of which is to make the world a better place. We're excited to uh, announce our partnership with Niche. And one of the things that really excites me is bringing pre-construction professionals the opportunity to get certified in our latest uh, product, Destiny Estimator. It's our belief that if we can help you understand how integrated pre-construction and pre-construction data lifecycle can benefit your business, um, it will ultimately improve the pre-construction services that you bring to your customers. And we'd like to uh, announce that we're gonna be releasing this at the end of Q1, and it's available to anybody that's a friend of Niche. Do you want to win more bids? Advancing Pre-Construction is the largest gathering of pre-con estimating and design management leaders in the USA. You'll learn how to do conceptual estimating, forecast costs, and get bids done quicker than ever before. Join hundreds of contractors, designers, and clients in Las Vegas this November. Search for Advancing Pre-Construction online and use the discount code PODCAST to get 10% off your booking. A virtual attendance option is available. Discover more on our website. Get bids done. Win work. Search for advancing pre-construction. Hi. 
Andy Mayer, welcome to the Pre-Construction Podcast. Thanks, I appreciate it. Good, man. We were laughing offline there. This is your uh, debut when it comes to podcasts? Debut. First, first one. Let's do it. Good, man. Okay. Well, listen, let's dive right in. Give, an, give us an idea of what you're doing right now, Andy, for the, for the audience and the people listening. Yeah, I'm a project manager um, for DPR Construction out of their Dallas office, Dallas, Texas. Uh, right now, I'm in their health care division. I'm currently working with a uh, um, healthcare client, Health Corporations of America, one of the largest healthcare builders. I've been doing that for about three years with them at DPR. Brilliant. Good, man. Um, of course, you weren't always with DPR. Um, let's go back to where it started. Um, I believe there was a, a two-year stint with a broom uh, as a laborer. Give us an idea of how, how that came about and, and we'll discuss then the journey throughout that and how you got to DPR. But was it always... Was it always construction for you or were you like me? Did your parents and your mentors push you towards IT? So uh, I would say it was probably always construction at the beginning. Uh, fortunately, had the opportunity to have a family member, uh, my dad, in uh, construction. And uh, when it came to it, I think he saw the opportunity where, you know, I could learn some hard work. and. He threw me out there, said, hey, you want to go make some better money than what you would, you know, working, flipping burgers or whatever, working <laughs> at Walmart, whatever. Um, you know, and I was like, sure. Uh, and he decided that um, putting me on the, uh, on the concrete crew would be uh, the best way to teach me how to, to work. So, um, and was he, was he in construction? Did he work for, for yeah, he, so he worked for, he worked for Jacobson. Um, he Very was good. a project manager. He actually, uh, grew up, no, he went to a couple of years of college, but he was in construction his whole life and found Jacobson construction. They took him on and, uh, he grew up through the ranks. You know, he actually started as a carpenter and, uh, came up and I think he ended up as a project executive um, with Jacobson. Very good. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because you started up at, you, you actually started before that. You didn't go straight into carpentry. You had, and it was probably your father's advice, was it, to, to go and go on as a laborer and use the broom for two years and do a bit of learning? You know, I, I think that happened naturally. Um, it, he really didn't give me a whole lot of advice. I think he kind of just let let it fall where you know it fell and um really i think his advice was always go get an education um but but learn from those around you and uh i mean i those some of those guys out in the field um believe it or not are a lot smarter than those in the, sitting in the office you know those are the guys that actually put the building together um and then are very smart people mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you obviously, with the, I think you spent two years. What age were you? You were 16, 17, spent two years working with, as a laborer on these sites. Um, I can imagine that you've seen, especially in those two years, was probably the learning years for you. You learned probably more in those two years than you did during your degree. Oh, yeah. I mean, eyes wide open. Just learned uh, a ton from you know the, the guys next to me. Uh, and they were also willing to teach, which was awesome. 
Mm -hmm. And what do you think it was that you picked up? Because obviously, I mean, I actually did a bit of labor myself in Ireland. I actually did a bit in Australia and a bit in New York. It's, it, you can pick up a lot, but it's also been able to see that the stuff to pick up and see the stuff to not pick up because there's a lot of bad habits you can pick up as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think working through the field, it was like, hey, I enjoy doing this. I think the uh, what I did see was the guys that had been doing it for a long time, um, how much it was, how much wear and tear it was on their body, you know. And uh, I was like, you know what, I I love this work, but I I think I would rather you know, take it a little bit easier um, in the office and maybe learn a little something and see if I can manage this group instead of, you know, put my head down and chucking material around. Very good, yeah. So that was uh, the two years prior in high school. Then in 2013, you decided to go into um, Utah and do the construction management degree. Give me an idea of why that degree and what it was like. Yeah, so... Uh, all my family really wanted, I, I was always pushed towards accounting. Go, go get your accounting. Accounting is where, um, you know, and, and I was looking at actually getting into a little bit of, you know, law enforcement, whether it was the FBI or um, whatever. So I got into accounting because you could, you could work the uh, white collar crime and, and track the costs. And anyways, so I went to two years of business and accounting and, uh, got an interview with the FBI and went, you know, went and did that. And, uh, during that time they furloughed the, the government for whatever reason, I can't remember what year it was, but they identified people as essential and non-essential. And basically the internship program was, um, non-essential. So they wow. decided to pass on it. And then, you know, all my eggs were in that basket. And then it was like, well, where do we go from here? <laughs> and uh, I was like, I don't want to be an accountant. I don't want to be a CPA. I don't want to sit behind a desk all, all day. Um, and it was like, you know what? I'm going to apply to this uh, BYU uh, construction management program. And uh, I applied. And literally the next day, they sent me the acceptance letter. And uh, the rest is history. I jumped in with both feet and just forgot my business degree. And, uh, Very good. But, well, I'm sure you forgot it, but I'm sure you learned a lot from that. And even the FBA, uh, did you do much of the internship before it was canceled? I, mean, I didn't do you... anything. No, it was okay. uh, literally, I went in, got the interview, um, had the uh, polygraph, the lie detector test, Very did all good. that gamut. And then after that, it was, hey, we're not, we're going to suspend the program. Wow, thanks, but no amazing. thanks. <laughs> everything happens for a reason um obviously you didn't even get enough of a taste for it to, to be able to say would you have preferred to go down the fbi route but the yeah, construction no. the, the construction management degree give me an idea of, of what they touched in it um, because i see a lot of people and it's kind of a constant topic um to do with the education system in america the construction management degree the civil electrical mechanical degree um, I find that there's not enough of a specific degree for the likes of pre-construction and estimator or quantity, quantity surveying. Um, give me an idea of the construction management degree. Did you touch on all the verticals of, of construction? Yes. Um, I feel like, you know, obviously biased opinion here. Uh, I feel like BYU has one of the best well-rounded um, programs in the country, but 
Um, that's because I felt like we touched base on pre-construction. Um, we went into Navis works and, and well, before that we, we got into OS, OST on-screen takeoff and we would learn how to take off, you know, simple items and put numbers together. And then literally they took us through a whole, um, residential estimating, which was, Hey, let's go through the earthwork. Let's go through the foundation, plumbing, electrical, I mean, you name it. And we went through the whole building on how to build and put together a project. And so we did that as a red, those are all three classes, right? So three individual classes and uh, other classes were um, actual project management, um, you know, human resource or manpower loading. Um, and every one of those professors was from a different walk of life. Um, the professor in project management was actually a project manager. Um, the, the guy from estimating had, or the professor from estimating had real life experience in estimating. So it, it was really nice to get the experience from those professors that had also been in the real world and just not a degree, right? A doctorate, which is admirable, but it was kind of, hey, this is how I put this into practice. And I guess it was received yeah. on my end. Yeah, and that, that's it. I mean, anybody that I speak to that's been taught that way from a professional that's in the, in the field, they always talk really highly of it. Um, I, I can imagine, obviously, you have nothing to compare it to, but I can imagine it's completely different. And the, the experience is, is crucial to, to teaching it as well. And was there much yeah. technology involved in the degree? Or, or yeah. was that starting? Yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, we, we had Bluebeam. Um, we had Navisworks. Um, gosh, what, what else did we? I would say it was probably, I mean, 13. We used all the Revit and computer programs. I don't know about any other uh, technologies that might have been above and beyond what what else is out there today. I mean, those are the key ones, especially in 2013. They would have been the key ones. So that's the fact that you actually touched on them is good. So then you come out of um, out of the, the degree, you go straight into Jacobson. Obviously, you'd been working with Jacobson as a laborer and as a carpenter. Um, you go straight in as an estimator. How was that? Um, obviously, and this is where your your situation is unique. The fact that you were on the, on, on the, on the field, on the ground, looking at this every day, to be able to go into an estimating position, was it daunting or were you kind of a little bit confident, a little bit cocky going, well, I've been on the field, <laughs> I've got a fair idea how this works? Because we all know once we graduate that first job, it's daunting. Like we, 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 we know that we've got a little bit of book smart, but actually going in and doing the job, it's, it's the unknown. Um, we, I can imagine you walking in as the, the baby-faced assassin being pretty cocky. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, uh, it was, I said, it was a little daunting. It was a little unnerving just because um, of where I had been. You know, I had been in the field for six years working with the carpentry crews. Um, but I guess I felt at home just because it was a company that I had been with. And um, I was ready to go. You know, a little bit of arrogancy, a little bit of ignorance, whatever you want to call it. It was uh, jumping in with both feet, and uh, but it was fun. Very good. And estimating itself, 
Um, how did you find it? Um, obviously, you wouldn't have done any when you were a carpenter or working with Jacobson as a labourer. What, what was your understanding of it? And was that understanding exactly how it was? Or was it, was it more difficult than you thought? You know, I uh, jumped in at school with the estimating and I was always like, Ugh, you know, I do not want to be an estimator. Those guys just sit there and look at plans all day, um, do takeoffs. I am not interested in becoming an estimator. Um, I had the opportunity to go to, it was like three places, it was Phoenix, Arizona for uh, McCarthy or Clark Construction out at DC for the internship program um, that I had applied to. And then Jacobson also offered me this estimating position. And um, I thought, you know what, this is something that I'll never do again. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to be a project engineer, right? That was kind of the first, everyone had to grain that in. You want to go be a project engineer, project, project yeah. engineer. And uh, that one popped up and I was like, you know what? I will never have the opportunity to be an estimator. Why don't you go try it out, see what happens and uh, go do it. So I did. Good. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm putting a lot of stuff content on LinkedIn at the moment is all the internships and all the high school kids are all, force towards there's just too much people going into operations we need put more people going into pre-construction and estimating and as you say if your mind was kind of set up that i like operations a little bit better at least you had the foresight to say listen i'm going to try this you never know i could fall in love with this um you know. funny your background your, your meticulous background and accountancy background i thought you may have liked it you know i i i, I liked it i probably didn't like it because of the accounting background <laughs> But what I, what I really liked, I liked um, a few things. I liked the relationship building aspect of actually getting out and knowing the, the subcontractor base or the trade partner base. Um, and you knew everybody because you were talking to the mechanical, the electrical, the concrete, the, I mean, whoever. Um, I liked the job every three weeks or the multiple projects every couple of weeks right so you know starting out as a junior estimator or as an intern it was like hey we need you to do these takeoffs for these three days and we need you to do and put together these quantities for you know these four days and you were you were touching so many projects that uh it was it was fun to see what was happening across the country or uh, specifically in that area yeah, no, no doubt about it, Andy. The year's estimating experience would have given you a good foundation. Give us an idea now how you ended up in Mexico City. Yeah, so the, the company had a project engineer who um, was going to leave and uh, left an opportunity open. Um, they knew that I had lived in Mexico City uh, years prior uh, on a church mission and that I spoke Spanish. So uh, they lined me up and uh, Set me down you there. Perfect, you were the perfect candidate, let's be honest. Been there before, spoke Spanish, knew a bit of the area. Um, so what kind of project was it? So it was a, it was a project for the Church of Jesus Christ. Um, it was a religious project, um, one of their temples, um, more known as like the Mormons. Um, and uh, anyways, it was a beautiful renovation of one of their uh, temples. Brilliant, beautiful. Um, so you spent, um, did you complete that project and then you spent some more time in Mexico City? What was it like? 
Yeah, so I unfortunately only spent like three months down in Mexico City because then that same client had multiple projects. And long story short, they had another one start up in Oakland. And it was like, hey, let's as an engineer, let's close this one out, do the you know, close out process as an engineer and we'll send you to Oakland. So I actually went to uh, Oakland, California for a couple months right. to wrap up. Uh, we'll do one project and wrap up another. Fantastic. Very good. Um, so give me, you spent 12 years with Jacobson, um, a long time yeah, between the pre-construction, the project engineer, estimating and project management. A great, I'm oh, sorry, not even to mention your, your carpentry and laboring um, experience as well. Unbelievable 12 years of solid foundation. Um, what, was the, what was the main takeaways from those 12 years? What were you think? Are the things that were invaluable to making you the, the, the good project manager that you are today? Yeah, I think, gosh, you, you can't dismiss anything. Um, you know, the carpentry experience made me appreciate every one of those individuals out in the field. Um, estimating was a huge value because it, it allowed me to communicate with clients and process change orders. I mean, the most simple things, right? It also made me be a better project manager um, in questioning pricing and unit rates when they were sent to me um, by the subcontractors. So, uh, but the engineering experience as well was invaluable. And then becoming a project manager um, obviously kind of threw me into the leadership role and, and taught me how to manage people. Yeah. Yeah, invaluable. There was two years within that 12 years, though, that you were part of the team that started up the self-performing unit in the company, especially in concrete. Yep. Give me an idea of, of why you jumped into that or, or you threw yourself at that and, and the importance of concrete within all of the, the big projects you were involved in. Yeah, so it kind of, <laughs> the stars aligned again and they saw that I had experience with, you know, the six years in carpentry and that I knew what it was like to be out there on the concrete forming crews. And that's pretty much why they put me in that position, you know, uh, plus all the experience that I had on, on multiple projects, but, um, they had a self-performed division. It just was un wrapped under each project and they decided to take that away from each project and make it its own proper division within the company. And uh, really, as every GC puts it, you know, self-performance to, um, you know, control schedule quality and obviously make money while they're doing, you know, all those things. So it, it, it was valuable to them to be able to manage that and make sure that we were managing our quality schedule and uh, making some money while we do it. Very good. And what were the challenges of, of doing something like that? Bringing, was there kind of um, pushback from different disciplines or different projects saying, you're not taking that away from me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, starting that out, man, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, everyone on the, let's call it the C-suite was not everyone, but most were obviously bought in because that was the direction that they were going. Um, yeah. But, you know, a lot of, project managers that was hard because they could manage it move money where they needed to and kind of use it i'm not going to call it as a slush fund because you know a lot of people didn't use it as a slush fund but you know if things went south it was an opportunity now they had to ask you know another project manager to say hey we need your help to move this forward 
can, can you help me out? Yeah, very good. Um, and, and that's it. I mean, trying to, people don't like to, to think as project manager or pre-construction or estimating as, as, as communication is key. Um, but it really is. It's, um, it's key in the fact that you're always selling some sort of solution and this was your solution to sell. Um, and it's all about being able to communicate that in, in a feature benefits type of way. Listen, this is, this is, this is what it's going to bring to you. This is what it's going to do for the company. This is how it's going to help your project and your schedule, your costs. Um, that is, that in itself is a skill, um, do you think that, that, that it comes natural to you or do you think it's, it's something you've picked up along the way? I would say a little bit of both. Um, I think it, it's, you had to learn and take really what the management was saying and try to incorporate it and try to push it out. Um, but you had to use the skills that you already had to do that. So um, I'd say a little bit of both. Good. Okay. Um, and then Jacobson, um, obviously the, the, the relocation then to Dallas, um, what brought that on and, and how was it? You know, I, 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 it, it was great. First of all, you know, there, I, we were getting, uh, it was only two, two guys that were doing the, the majority, share majority of the work at uh, Jacobson. And we had 24 projects, so 12 each. And we, you know, for two years, we worked a lot, a lot of hours. And uh, it was kind of like, hey, man, like, hey, we need more people. We need more people. And, and uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And uh, we, the, that, the whole concrete group, pretty much two, three people left all at the same time at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, I had my choices. I was interviewing at uh, multiple places and uh, this DPR option. I didn't even know who DPR was. Um, I heard of them, but um, I learned who they were and what values they had. And uh, it was the best fit for me. Good man. Because obviously DPR, a big self-performing contractor as well. Um, was that key in your, your decision making? You know, for me, it was to get out of the self-perform. I think I was a little burnt out and uh, it was uh, wanting to get into more back into the man of the overall project I think that's where I wanted to end up um, not that self-perform was bad but I had done you know six seven years in the self-perform crew and gotten out of it and tasted the, the let's call it the GC side and then got thrown back in two more years and I was like you know what it's a great thing but uh, I think I need to get out and go and go try something else cool um, Dallas uh, why, how are you finding it you've been there now couple of years just over two and a half years I um I actually had the the, the privilege of joint visit in Dallas in January um I visited a few GCs in the back technology who are the big sponsors of the pre-construction podcast fantastic uh fantastic place to be um really lovely people um how are you finding it you know I love I love the area um the people are great the food is awesome so the barbecue will get you, get you <laughs> beefed up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you call the one in Deep Ellum um, uh, on the left-hand side? It was unbelievable. Um, it'll come to me, but it's the food was ooh. incredible. Um, the Mexican was amazing, which was I was surprised at. Um, I, I, I had really good Mexican in, in New York and California, but I had really good Mexican in Dallas as well. That, that's um, good to hear. 
yeah, yeah. We, we actually do a lot of work there. We re- relocate a lot of work people there. Um, for anybody listening that's thinking about relocating to Dallas, give us just a quick overview of maybe three or four things that you were surprised about and that you really enjoy. You know, I think uh, I was surprised that they, um, how big the area was. I mean, I had visited here once for the interview and then they brought me down again to kind of check the area out, spend a little bit more time um, outside of just the interview because uh, I had never been. I'd only been through in a layover to Dallas. Um, so I think knowing how extensive, you know, and the, the area between Dallas and Fort Worth um, that equals a ton of opportunity. You know, it's, it's not really, um, they have the downtown areas that are really dense and there's a lot of projects going there, but you're talking, you know, Plano, Denton, there's just so many areas outside that equal lots of work, lots of opportunity. Yeah, it's just, it's just flat, isn't it? It's literally just flat. So the, <laughs> the opportunity to build what you want, where you want. Um, I think that's why you're seeing a lot of California companies or, or companies that are headquartered in California moving down to Dallas because they can come, they can build their headquarters as they see fit and, and how they like. Um, yep. I, I think there's three or four that have moved over the last four or five years. Um, where, where about are you living? So we, we live up in, uh, it's about 30 minutes north of Dallas. It's up uh, in the Frisco, Prosper, it's what it's called, areas. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be a quite a young, from what I hear, quite a young, vibrant area. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, a lot of, lot, lot of young families, a lot of, I'm going to say transient, right? Everyone's from a different walk of life in our neighborhood and in our area. Yeah. Good expat community. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and then give me an idea, now, health, the healthcare space with uh, DPR, had you got healthcare experience with Jacobson um, or, or was that new? And give us an idea of, of the difference healthcare construction, the difference that the healthcare construction teaches you. What's the difference, the major differences? Yeah, so I, I had a little bit of experience. And I would say it was just with the self-performed being in a project manager going into the hospitals and learning what what we had to do inside the hospitals and the roles, or I guess the different requirements that you needed to, t- to handle. Um, and I didn't dive deep into that because I had the project management teams that would take care of all those things for our self-perform group, but I was sitting next to them, right? So I think that's where the interest really hit me was, wow, these guys are doing this and working with the owners. And there was so much, I'm not going to say so much more, but there seemed to be a lot more coordination um, with different pieces of equipment, with um, different, uh, let's say, material groups, like, you know, lead line sheet rock or whatever. You know, I think uh, we were doing an MRI replacement and they were like, hey, we got to use this different, we got to, you know, lead line rock or, or whatever it was. Um, to, to build these rooms out. And I guess my interest was, is wow, it's something different. I want to go and dive into it. And so talking with DPR, it's, hey, look, this is my experience. I would love to be in the project management group um, and build hospitals. Um, and yeah, they just were arms wide open, threw me right in, threw me with a group that had been doing it. And uh, they took me under their wings. And man, with, within like three weeks, I was, in a hospital managing a project and 
had three or four guys, you know, helping me and supporting me. It was awesome. Brilliant. Love it. I love hearing that. Um, and within even Jacobson or DPR, was there a particular kind of mentor that you kind of clung to or looked after you? Because I always find that the really good estimators, pre-construction managers, project managers, superintendents, they can, they can kind of pinpoint three or four people within their career that they've learned quite a lot from. Um, and especially young people, and you might agree with this, young people tend to, to lack the 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 idea of going and asking for help or, or going and saying listen you're you're the best in here at, at doing that can i monitor can i shadow you can i ask you questions can you mentor me um was there anybody in your career that you can you can say kind of really helped you yeah i think uh the best piece of advice was like week one um into my estimating uh full-time job uh, at jacobson a guy pulled me aside and he's like, hey man, I just wanted to let you know that I learned something the other day. And uh, he's like, I learned that, you know, we've always viewed, let's say like a chief estimator or a project manager or a project executive director, whoever, that they're the one managing us, you know, it's down, we're downstream. And he's like, we, we should look at it as that, we're managing them. They're a resource to us. And so he's like, I just challenge you to go manage your manager. Um, and so I did, I, I went and sat down my manager and was like, Hey, I need you to set aside uh, 10 minutes or 15 or I think it was actually 30 minutes every week so that you can help me dissect what I'm doing every week. And you can tell me what I need to focus on for 30 minutes. And so we had a reoccurring meeting every week. And we would just sit down for 20, 30 minutes. And sometimes it was five minutes. Sometimes it was an hour. Um, and we would, he would, he would mentor me and say, Hey, go focus on this. Hey, you need to maybe slow down here or, um, you know, gave me lots of advice. Brilliant. You can't, those are the small things in it. And it's amazing that that was at the very beginning of, of your career. Um, it's so important. So that, that's, that's, that's excellent. So give me an idea now of, obviously in Dallas, working in hospitals, big hospitals, big projects, quite technical, complex projects. Um, what do you see your career developing? Would you like to continue into operations, project executive? Would you ever get back into pre-construction? You know, I, I don't know if I'd get back into pre-construction. I think if the opportunity, I think... The, the reason I love pre-construction or the, the way I look at it is I like taking my projects from cradle to the grave, um, starting in pre-construction. I love a, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want, you know, two or three people looking at it and buying the project out for me. You know, I want to get the scope gap covered. I want to look at um, the plans and dissect the plans. And then in turn, I can write the contracts. I can execute the contracts, go do the work and close the project out and be done. So luckily I had the, the job that I'm on now. Uh, this is the MOB and parking, uh, the medical office building and parking structure. Um, luckily I had the opportunity to do that. Fit it out, put the contracts together. You know, so we'll send the GMP to the owner, you know, execute the GMP, uh, sign the contracts, get everyone going, and we're, we're wrapping up in the next couple of weeks. Brilliant, love it. Um, and obviously with some parking decks and stuff like that, that's your, that's your forte when it comes to, to concrete and, and self-performing. Um, 
was there, give, give me an idea now throughout your career, and listen, your, your career is only, only getting started really, um, was there any major challenges or major projects or, or even within projects, there was a specific thing that you were asked to, to build that you went, that's, that's amazing, that, that's, that's unique, I've never heard of that before. Was there any kind of surprises? Oh, man, yeah. Where do I start? Um, I would say, you know, Oakland, we had some really unique um, acoustical features, acoustical walls, you know, to get sound ratings and uh, acoustical readings. Um, we also had um, these wood panels that, that we had to find these people to take. I mean, I can't even remember what it was. I think it was oak. And they took these oak panels and they literally painted them to look like, I mean, it was like mahogany. So they didn't, we didn't buy mahogany panels. We just, they took, they painted the grains. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Uh, but I would say more logistically, you know, every project that I've been on, um, there's, there's been challenges and they're just all different. Um, you know, even the one I'm on now was super tight, uh, a tight site. So it was kind of a, not a downtown tight, but it was, uh, didn't have a lot of room to, to move. So we just had to plan and move forward. Very good. And if, if uh, that guy that came in and gave you that piece of advice very early on, what would you say to a young guy? thinking about getting into construction right now what was what would be the one piece of advice that you would give him or her? do it I would say that the biggest piece of advice or what I try to tell people um, is kind of like what I did with them maybe the estimating is just get in and try it like if you learn that you don't like it, um, it it doesn't hurt now that while you're young get in and go do um, most people that I, or, you know, when I look at candidates or people that come in and interview, um, if they've done an internship, that's great. If they've done two intern, two internships, even better. It just, it, you kind of get a little bit of a calmer sense looking at their internship saying, oh, well, they did civil work and you can talk to them. How, how did you like doing the road work or, or, or whatever project you're on? And then you went and did residential. How did you like that? You know, I don't care if it's residential or if it's civil or if it's commercial because um, we can incorporate their skills and teach them what, you know, what you have to do on a commercial project versus a residential. But, you know, if they learn those skills and really just went and tried, and it, it, it's, it's better than, I guess, just the education. Go and do that's 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 becoming more common everybody that i speak to about the pre-construction podcast it's about experiencing as much as you can at a young age um all verticals within the construction from start to finish to front end to back end um the more you understand the more the easier that it will be no matter what vertical you you, you choose um you've got to understand the whole thing whether it's estimating you've got to have site experience project engineer labor carpenter You've got to understand how a project goes together and, and almost be able to build it, a conceptual model in your head of, of, of how it will go together. Um, and you can only do that by visually seeing it. And we're all visual people. Um, so that's, that's good. So Andy, give us an idea. Now, I know you're probably still um, working hard at DPR. What do you do in the downtime in Dallas? What is there to do? Is it uh, the Cowboys or what's your, 
your <laughs> your your release. Well, once once you come to Texas, you got to be a cowboy fan. Kind of period. <laughs> who you are? Yeah. No. Um, you know, really, it's just downtime with the family. Um, getting out. There's a ton of family activities out here. Um, little beaches and whatever. Um, we just we just enjoy being together as a family. You know, construction is a is a seems like it. I don't know what other industries are because I haven't worked in them. But you know, we work long hours. We're early in the morning and sometimes late at night. So it's whatever time we can grab with the family, we join in, go go grab something with the family. Brilliant, love it. Well, listen, I'm delighted you're working. Uh, you, you're working well at DPR and in Dallas. Um, I really appreciate you coming on because it's, um, as I said, it's it's quite daunting. But for for someone to come in and just talk so candidly about it, I'm sure our audience will get some real value out of it. So thank you very much for that. No, I appreciate I appreciate the the time and and the the invitation for sure. Thank you, Andy. Have a good one. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Andy. Um, real good insight into the importance of trying every type of role within construction. I would have thought Andy's background and passion for accountancy and numbers would have suited him to go into estimating a pre-construction. Um, he did try it, liked it, didn't dislike it, but he sees himself now more as a project manager. And I really enjoyed his insight into the healthcare industry. And that, that's one thing that I'm trying to put more of a focus on. Um, I'll, I think I'll do a series on those types of industries. The hot industries right now, which I see as healthcare, pharma, biotechnology, life sciences, light industrial manufacturing, distribution centers, um, real complex manufacturing facilities. Those are the industries that I see uh, our clients looking for people so that mar those markets are really are going to be more important as we go on along so I want to get as many influencers people who understand that and have worked in it for quite a while if you know anyone or if that sounds like you please reach out get in touch and we'll get you on the podcast mm -hmm.